everybody. What's up? I'm Sarah the Rogan. And uh, I'm Misfits Tamara, and someone's going through a wind tunnel right now. <laughs> and maybe a car. And this is Women Wrestling Friends Podcast. <laughs> This is a show about women who are friends about wrestling, who throw uh, dishes around, maybe some pots and pans. You know, um, in the celebration. Yeah, and uh, we we uh, we we talk about the wrestling, and we have friends, and we talk about wrestling with the friends, and it's pretty dope. And it's Happy Black History Month, guys. You you never know that it's Black History Month, considering what the WWE programming's like. But you know what? It's okay because we out here. It's okay. Bianca has us covered, as we're going to talk about later on. It's all by herself. Yep. <laughs> Holding it down. Uh, Holding it down. This week's guest is pro wrestling manager Ayla Fox. Hey! 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 How's everyone doing? We're doing all right. And we are talking about the portrayal of black women wrestlers. Um, originally, we were supposed to be in television, but I think we're going to maybe just go wherever the notion takes us and in general. Uh, talk about some folks that you might not have heard of or lots of people that you have heard of or maybe some situations you haven't heard of. But basically just celebrate black women wrestlers this time. Yes. Because, Sounds you know, good. well, yeah. <laughs> we, we need it. We need to uplift it. We need to put that, put that nice spotlight on I there. will agree. Bianca, Bianca's holding it down. Naomi just came back with the fro. She's letting us mm-hmm. have some freedom. Capital B black. So, yes. <laughs> But first, <laughs> before we get into all the, all the biz, uh, we're going to remind you to uh, pass that digital collecting collection plate. We're going to do that and, and give us money, please. Or if you yeah. don't give us money, um, then you can give us five stars on iTunes and a nice review, which we will read and appreciate. Um, if you want to throw us them ducats, then you can go to uh, Kofi.com because it's Kofi uh, slash Sarah the Rebel. And we appreciate you. It's Black History Month. Yes, ko-fi, ko-fi.com. Mm-hmm. And thank you for all of you who have been donating. Um, it goes into our studio fund, and we really appreciate each of you. I've been messaging everybody who has, uh, and, and we, we really value the love. You're helping us do, do something really awesome. So I first met Ayla at Empower Wrestling, uh, where I saw her manage two very promising up-and-coming wrestlers that I can't wait to see more from those two. Um, but speaking of wanting more, I wanted to introduce the audience to you a little bit. So we have a little mini interview, um, where they can, can get to know you a little bit. Awesome. So how did you become a wrestling manager and where can people find your work? Well, I became a wrestling manager. I guess I started, I started training to be like a wrestling manager in 2000 and. 10, like late 2010. Um, actually, I always liked wrestling, but I didn't know you can go to school to be a wrestler. So I met um, my husband, Air Fox, in like mid 2010. By the time we like got to know each other past the friend stage, he was like, oh, I'm a wrestler. Da, da, da. And so he took me to the WWE floor. And I was like, oh my gosh, how could I have wasted my whole life not knowing this existed? <laughs> so um, I just pretty much started training there. And um, I would be the general manager on the show. And then I started managing like other wrestlers besides him so that I, I was trying not to get cast in like I'm only managing him. Mm-hmm. But now it's been so long, like six years where I manage him. And I started doing Shine like two years ago. So 
most of my work would be on uh, Um We also have an anniversary show. I think it's free on the network if you don't want to pay for a subscription for the www.inlive.com on the WWE network. There's the 100th anniversary for Evolve on there. But I did a lot of Beyond Wrestling, CZW's Legacy, but those are probably in some deep, deep internet archive somewhere. <laughs> It, it lives forever somewhere on the internet. <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> also, I like that he kept the wrestling thing back a couple dates. Like, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm wrestling. Like, it was like, oh, you know, he, not, he wasn't leading with that. It was a. It was yeah. A, I, he like kind of did, but not like all full details. Like, you know, he'd be like, oh, I'm at training or something, but I didn't know, like, you know, he always says, like, if you really know me, like, some people don't even know I'm a wrestler because I don't even tell them that. That's so funny. Interesting. But yeah, he so, held it back a little bit, yeah. So who were some of your favorite wrestlers when you when you did watch wrestling? Um, you know, like yes, you didn't necessarily know how to get into it, but I'm sure you'd seen a little bit of wrestling. Um, did you have any favorite wrestlers from back in the day? Uh yeah. So I have an older brother who's like five years older than me, so that's how I got into wrestling. So um we would always, we love the bushwhackers. So we would mm-hmm. always dress up like we'd put like our little kitty under on our head, like a little mask <laughs> and like go around the house, like beating each other up, mostly me getting beat up. And uh, I mean, I would say I remember distinctively like being in the living room watching um, WrestleMania 10. But leading up to that, it was always, of course, like Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels, really, and the bushwhackers. It was who I liked as a child. Yeah, there's something weirdly appealing about the bushwhackers to kids i i i, I can't put i don't my f- know we love them yeah. so much <laughs> i can't put my finger on it at all but like they're just like these two kind of like adorable goofballs kind of yeah i think but, they were like ready to go too though you know they yeah. come out marching out like we're ready we're ready, we're ready. Like, big energy big energy yeah yeah that's funny yeah um so we we have to go back to your ma- your managing now because you know you've you've been managing for a really long time you've managed a lot of people so I'm going to ask the tough question and don't worry because I don't think any of them will listen to this but who were your favorite wrestlers to manage? <laughs> um, I mean, obviously my husband is great time to manage, but I always say like with him like I'm kind of like I I am like cheering him on or if or helping him win if necessary but he's so great like i'm an addition to to the show but i really get um to show my personality and my versatility first if that's a word hello good morning um <laughs> when i manage it shine you like it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe look i, 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 I swear listen that's um, fine managing um Big Swollen, Aja Pereira, where the team AAA was a lot of fun. We did that for two years. So that was fun because, um, you know, I got to show a little more of my personality in in uh, Shine Wrestling versus in Evolve Wrestling because boys and girls cannot hit each other there. So, you know, I got to kind of play, play in the lines when I'm at Evolve. Uh, and those two members of your team have, have gone on to do some pretty exciting stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about them some more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and is there a wrestler that you would love to manage in the future and this can be a dream booking they can be wrestling anywhere but just a a wrestler you really think you would add something to i can't honestly like if i said someone i would be like making it up right now think of someone i really like 
would be dead set. I would have to say that my ultimate goal is to be just like have a longevity of a career like Paul Heyman or Vicky Guerrero, more so in the sense of Paul Heyman, where it doesn't really matter who I manage, I could be an enhancement talent, like enhancing their career by them being under my agency versus who I manage. Makes sense. I can dig it. Like, (laughs) are you doing dishes right now, or (laughs) I'm (laughs) this? I'm sitting on the couch. (laughs) Yeah, there we've we're we're picking up. It's like uh, Wolverine senses to a degree, where I'm like, what? I hear all kinds of business, and now I don't know. And I don't. And you know what, dear listeners, if you hear that, you know, cool apologies. Uh, and if not, then uh, then I probably finally lost it from working too much the last two weeks. So no, um, I, if you lost it, I've lost it too because I'm hearing it too. Okay. All right, let's dive into. <laughs> let's see. I'll move rooms. I don't know what it's picking up. It could be my neighbors upstairs. Could be like dishwasher rumbling the walls, and I don't even feel it. Oh. oh no, I don't think this could possibly be someone upstairs. I think really? we have a good Maybe there's like a fourth person on this call hiding. All right. Oh, anyway, it's I fine. Just, okay, <laughs> what fine. about now? Do you guys still hear it? No, I think it's good. We're fine. It's a fine. Everything's fine, okay, guys. Okay. We're fine. Okay. Listen, if nothing else, uh, it'll just be an exciting, uh, you know, kind of broadcast and people can tally up Come how many weird coward. sounds. Come out. Come out. <laughs> I rebuke you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Throw salt at it. Um, okay, so yeah, let's get to the main topic. Main topic. Main topic. Yum. Yum. <clears throat> so, starting so, uh, off the 1950s, I think is is where we want to go because a lot of people don't uh, realize that black women have been wrestling that long. <laughs> it's true. Uh, like throughout the whole decade, there's probably even some footage from the 40s of. I, uh, so I did an article on Nerdy by Flirty last year for. Um, you know, Black History Month about uh, black women his- wrestlers through history. And so I went down to this really, really deep rabbit hole trying to find footage. And there's surprisingly quite a lot of footage of, it. you know, you may not be able to identify everybody, but it's a bunch of different women doing wrestling all over the place. And I I could spot some black women in some of the big, you know, Rumble-esque, you know, lineups where there's like 16 women. And I saw somebody's hair and I was like, I think that's a black woman. But I, not conclusive, so I don't think I included it. Right, and and we've talked about it before, but just a brief reminder that women's wrestling was huge in the '40s. It was like the the biggest attraction because the men were off to war. Um, women were doing cool things like drop kicks. Your great grandma was doing drop kicks, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was it was like the highest paid athlete period male or female was a woman's wrestler at that time. But we're going to specifically talk about Ethel Johnson who is credited as being the first African-American female wrestler. And the tagline used to promote her was the biggest attraction to hit girl wrestling since girl wrestling began. (laughs) I mean, that's super huge considering it's like 1954. And they couldn't drink out of the same water fountain. That's what I was going to say. What state were they in? Because that's amazing that they said Listen, okay. we're all equal when it's uh, fighting, I guess. I don't know. Wrestling. Well, I don't think it's just fighting. I mean, if we look at, at the other people of that time, you know, Etta James and whatnot, like, black people are undeniably talented and wonderful. And even the most racist white person has to give way before that in some form. Uh, and let's not even begin to go into all them um, the fetishes oh, that we wow. know for effect. We're still in existence at that time of the yeah. big, strong black woman. 
Um, you know, so I, I can definitely see it. So by 1954, um, Ethel Johnson and her sisters were Babs Wingo and Marva Scott. Um, now, Ethel and Babs were both receiving top billing alongside Gorgeous George, drew 9,000 fans in Missouri. Okay, this is a, that's something that not even like some modern shows are capable of doing. Yeah, your so fave can never. Your fave can never. <laughs> so um, Babs, Marva, and Ethel were actually three sisters, but they all had um, different last names and they kept it kayfabe. So nobody knew they were sisters. They wrestled each other quite a lot. Um, there is a documentary that talks about them called Lady Wrestler, but I couldn't quite find a way to watch it. Um, so you'll just have to trust us. <laughs> um, and then we know that from the 40s onward, there were black women wrestlers, but we don't really know much about them. You can, like Tamara was saying, there's videos and pictures, but finding anything deeper than that was pretty difficult until we get to the 60s. Yes, the 60s and 70s were a lot better with, uh, you know, documentation and people keeping their programs and all that kind of stuff. And then also there was a lot of wrestling overseas in Japan where a lot of the, the black female wrestlers would go. So you can see, you know, a bunch of clips from that too. Um, some of the biggest names uh, or two of the biggest names of that time period was Sandy Parker and then Princess Jasmine, who uh, Princess Jasmine was one of the trainers on the original glow. And there's a great article that uh, Sarah found where it basically is talking about some of her experiences and how she toured all around the world. Like she was in Africa when there was like in a, in a, a city where there was like a revolution happening. And then like, uh, she she there was some some uh, head of a tribe that was like, you're going to stay here and be my wife. And she's like, no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like all kinds of cool stories in the thing. And so, you know, to me, I feel it's really fascinating how many stories of these that we don't have, like not really. And I honestly like that lady wrestler doc is great. But like, honestly, take the time to fall down that rabbit hole of of research because you find the coolest stuff there. And we'll we'll tweet, um, you know, anything we talk about here, any of the articles, we're going to tweet them once we share this um, this uh, cast out, because I really do want you all to read about Princess Jasmine, because we a lot of what we assume about wrestling is based on what we saw and we remember and what people talk about. And so by forgetting about the black women who were wrestling during these time periods, it's as if they, they didn't exist and they weren't a thing. And so that's why I think it's important. Um, that's to a talk very about. good point. Cause uh, you know, I, we don't know about this stuff unless you really looked into it. You guys are putting everybody on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> put them, I put on for my city. <laughs> so the 1980s is when we got um, some excellente uh, stuff popping off because it was all wild because it was the eighties. And for a little bit, we were all, uh, like really about black people, but in like the most inappropriate way. I don't know if you remember eighties movies were just like it, everyone yeah. had a black best friend. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> stop Jamal. there, but that's really when it really, really popped off. Man, you get that one black, black friend. Everybody mm, loves that one black best friend. Sweet, delicious black best friend. I would like to be my best friend besides you, tomorrow Is oh. Black <laughs> Venus? <laughs> Uh, good times. Uh, yeah. So black Be- Venus, AKA, uh, Jean Kirkland. So she was, uh, all over the place, very prolific. So she was a LPWA, AJW, NWA, not the, ra- not the rappers. Cause that was later. Um, and then a very short stint in the WWF, which became the WWE when they lost their fight with the world wildlife foundation. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, those panda bears, you can't fuck with them. They they look like they're slow and and, and sleepy, but you can't fuck with no panda bears. Nope. <laughs> uh, it's really weird that Black Venus uh, wasn't shown more because you would think that the WWE, which loves to pretend it did more than it did, would really love to talk about her. Guys, look her up. First of all, she looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, she was part of a team called Bad, Black, and Beautiful. And there's literally awesome. a promo. There's literally a promo where there's a white lady on one side, there's her manager in the middle, and then there's her. And under the um, under the, the white woman, it says, she's bad. Uh, under her, it says, she's black. And then under the manager, it says, he's beautiful. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's amazing. Go watch it. You can she's find it on black. You. Is she? <laughs> Is she? <laughs> the, the 80s, everybody. Uh-huh. The 80s. That's what I'm saying. The 80s were like, no, we're going to go all the way into this black thing, guys. Can you rap for us? Um, Jesus Christ, the rapping. Oh, the rapping. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I just had a flashback. Um, Flashback of terrible rap. So funny enough, the the match I saw with Black Venus, she's actually wrestling Cheryl Russo, who I've wrestled now because she was uh, lightning in glow. But this was back when she was Cheryl Russo and very new. Oh, Bridget, bridging the generations. That's, a, that's actually very cool. Um, yeah. But like, I know we're like, we're like breezing through this because there's so much to talk about. Um, but uh, one of the things about Black Venus and probably part of the reason why they don't talk a lot, lot about her in the WWE now is that she is one of the people who was talking about how terrible uh, Fabulous Moolah was. So, you know, they try to keep that on the hush hush, even though it's kind of yeah. widely known, but they don't like to shine a light on it. Um, we, have, we have people like Ramona Isabella, Ebony and Justice from Glow. We're 90% sure Big Mama was at least part black, but I yeah. guess we don't know. She sure. got to be something. I've never <laughs> seen her without the, the the stuff on, so I don't know, but she's got to be something. I have. I, I have. I saw her in the documentary, and she definitely looked uh, black to me. Okay. But, you know, sometimes Latino people be like, I'm not black at all. It's like, yeah, they're like, I'm Dominican. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Kind of the same. <laughs> Thank you. I said that. Of the, okay, I'm going to stop yelling. But they talk the some same. of us French, some of us English, and some of us Spanish. And said, look at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. 100%. They took us from the same general area and just spread us out. Um, yeah. So I'm going to talk about my favorite thing to talk about, which is All the Marbles, that movie that you guys listening still haven't watched because you're heathens. You need to go watch this freaking movie. <laughs> I don't care if it's $5. Pay that $5 and watch All the Marbles. It's a movie that you will not believe me was made in the time period it was made in. Um, but essentially, the the reason I want to bring them up is because in the movie, the finale that the tag team has been working towards is they have to face the Toledo Tigers, the tag team champions, who they're probably not going to be. And that's the most important battle of their lives. Well, the Toledo Tigers are two black women and they're managed by a black man. And it would have been very easy in this movie to make them kind of barbaric or like the evil bad guys that the two had to beat but instead it's actually a very nuanced portrayal in which both teams are shown to be equally um aggressive both teams are equally as likely to cheat both teams like honestly just want to win and you know like it it was just a really nuanced portrayal when they could have been something else and it makes you care about that final match um which is plays out better than anything I've seen on the damn Netflix glow show. No offense y'all. But, uh, anyway, watch all the marbles. Uh, yeah, find that stuff. Um, 
uh, Ayla, have you found any, like, anything from, like, the 80s that you have seen or, like, heard about that you feel like people don't pay enough attention to? I can't say that I have okay. anything yeah. that I can think of. Ooh. It seems like for as much media as was around in the 80s and as much as we have, like, pretty much all of it on record somewhere, it seems like a lot of stuff from that time period is kind of lost. It's really kind of fascinating, actually. That's what I was like, I, I, because I could be on YouTube all day, but, I mean, what's out, who knows? Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. Exactly. And, and and that's why, like, I when Tamara made that article that she actually listed a bunch of videos, and I think that was so powerful, even for me, reading that article and seeing the videos, when when you're told there's only one type of thing that you can be because mm-hmm. of who you are, and then you see like, nope, for decades now, women have been breaking that mold and being who they want to be. I think it's really powerful. Yeah, I think so too. So even the women's resolution, even the re- women's resol- revolution thing, it's like, man, like <sighs> women been doing a bunch of shit, you know. Mm. But I guess it's just like when the masses, more the majority of them are going in, then that's what the absolutely I mean, is. But it's like so many women were doing so much in like yes. the 90s for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like people, we, we listen to people when they're like, oh, women's wrestling was just really bad. And then it just now got good. But actually, if you go back before the the Attitude Era, women's wrestling was just fine. It actually yeah. got worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was like real wrestling, then got worse. And mm-hmm. then the certain women were like, I'm not doing that brown panty stuff. I'm having a match. So it's like, those were the girls, you know, those were the ones kicking butt. But it's like, that didn't mean the other ones couldn't, but that's what the programming was. I think that so many, the WWE takes so much space up that people don't understand what's going on outside of that space and outside of what they show on TV on a regular basis. Because even if you go to one of their house shows, more stuff happens there than you ever see on broadcast. So, you know, it's the, it's that thing of like in this person's lifetime, who's only been watching SmackDown for the last, like, you know, from X period to X period, they have no idea about what's happening outside of that space. And they have no idea how much stuff is there. And that's, I mean, like, you know, going back to Sarah's point about having that video and having that archive, it's like, no dude, like people were doing the same kind of moves 30 years ago. You just, yeah. Johnson was doing drop kicks, standing drop kicks. Yeah. Like it's, I know that's why these days when people say someone stole their move, I'm like, are you sure? Right. Are you sure? Are you sure that you made this up? <laughs> you might have made it up today, but has it been done before? Double check. <laughs> mm, that is a good point. Um, so the 90s, this is not the time when most people listening are probably going to start recognizing some folks. Um, I want to talk about jazz first, just because uh, something that we mentioned earlier um, about not wanting to have the bra and panties matches. So jazz talked about the fact that she was told off for the level of skill in her matches with Trish that she and, and Trish were told to cut it out, stop wrestling like men. Huh? Oh man. God. Yep. <laughs> the talent was there, but the programming wasn't right. Exactly. So some other um, awesome ladies from the nineties, uh, sweet Sapphire. If you guys remember uh, who was with dusty Rhodes, she was the first woman to get a wrestling license in Missouri ever. 
Wow. That's interesting. Um, Yes, it is. And Miss Jackie, of course, came out during that time. She was one of my all-time favorites. She was the Intercontinental Champion. Um, Supposedly, they gave that to her. Um, The story is that she'd put Stephanie over exactly the way they wanted her to do so. And so in return, you know, with them knowing that they were going to have her leave the company, they said, is there anything you want to do before you go? And she said, I would really like to become the Intercontinental Champion. And so that's why they did a wacky storyline that I don't love. But either way, the point is that young child Sarah got to see a black woman holding the Intercontinental uh, belt up. So that really made my day the day it happened. That's a big moment. And it's fascinating how much like these little (laughs) slivers of bits of things that you see you imprint on so much. Because I remember seeing, I think it was Jazz flexing over somebody one time. And mm-hmm. I just have a very clear image of that moment. I don't know what happened. I don't know who they were against, who she was against. I don't know what happened in the match. I just remember seeing her flex and being like, yeah, flex on that fool. Flex on that fool. I don't know. Um, another groundbreaker during that time, of course, Awesome Kong um, really got her start in Japan before coming over um, to America. And that's why she has the name Awesome Kong. Um, and now most people probably know her from, um, her acting work in glow and also from AEW. Um, but in, in the nineties, <clears throat> I believe she was the first, was she the first woman to enter the Royal Rumble or just the first black woman to enter the Royal Rumble? Cause I know China also entered a Rumble. I, I can't remember which one was first. Do, I don't remember which one is first though. I would probably put my money on China being first, uh, <laughs> just based on it being China. The yeah. Yeah. I always love watching Awesome Kong. I have a, a funny story. The first time I met her, so I'm like, of course, watching it, watching her, like, wow, she's so, she's who the hell could beat her, you know? And then it was some show I was at, and it was like, I think it was like Shelly Martinez's birthday, and a bunch of people went back to um, this restaurant after the show, and, and Awesome Kong had got the cake or was cutting the cake, and I really just don't like sweets. And so she was like passing the cake out, like, do you want a piece? Do you want a piece? And I was like, oh, no, I, no, thank you. I don't want a piece. And she kind of looked at me like, bitch, you know you want a piece of this damn cake. You try to act like you don't want it. Looking all brand new in front of people. I really don't want it. has nothing to do with health. That's- oh, no, I'm the same way. I don't like cake and people judge me too. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's not bad, but. Yeah. A lot of cakes are mediocre. Mediocre. If Awesome Con gave me side eye, I'd probably just go die. I'd be like, excuse me. And I'd calmly get up and like leave forever. Yeah, no, I would have just really go back and be like, it's not about health. I really just don't like sweets. I wasn't trying to disrespect the cake. Listen, what you do is you take the cake, you take a bite, and you're like, oh, this is so good. And you walk away to the back and then you throw it away. That's what you do. That's the move. In hindsight, I should have just took the damn cake, you know? But, (laughs) you know, you're flustered, you know, it happens. I didn't want it. You didn't didn't want it. Eat the cake, Ayla Fox. Eat the cake. (laughs) Right. Oh, amazing. Um, If you guys haven't, check out Jazz's interview with uh, Women's Wrestling Weekly, which you can find on YouTube. She's refreshingly honest and wonderful and everything you could ever hope. Um, I got to meet her a couple times and uh, she's just, she's great. So we're going to move on into the 2000s, a.k.a. the dark period. Oh, so dark. (laughs) So very, very dark. So very dark. Um, we had Trinisha, Shaniqua, Charmel, Crystal. Okay, it didn't quite work the way I wanted it. <laughs> were you were you doing? Uh, uh, you know what I'm yeah, doing. okay. That's, uh. 
Freakalik. Uh, sorry. Um, it's Black History Month. All the Southern rappers, all of them. We're gonna reference all of them before this is. You know, I'm in the ATL. Hey, John down the street. No, this podcast is sponsored by Seagram's Gin. I drink them and they pay me for it. Okay. We had Rocker Khan, aka Trinisha. We had Crystal Lashley. We had Shaniqua. We had Queen Charmel. Um, the two thousand. You know. Is it Shaniqua who was the, the one I found most interesting? The one she was the dominatrix? I think. I feel like that's correct. The dominatrix. I'm going to double check right now so I don't sound crazy. But the, the dominatrix um, gimmick was remember how I talked about that fetish with white men before? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yes, it was her. She was kind of like the full on embodiment of that because there she is with these two meatheads. And she's dominatrix and she's just in charge. Um, and it was kind of a beautiful thing to behold people acknowledging, um, you know, just acknowledging it like that. <laughs> I mean, it could have gone much, much worse. Could also, it? Okay. I mean, there's, al- there's <laughs> always an extra step. You ne- never think they can never sink lower. It's always, there's always an ex- there's a basement. There's always a basement door. Uh, there's a lot of, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, my brain is going like 1,500 miles an hour right now. Uh, I feel like I could say this, or I could say this. You know yeah. what I could also say? You know what I could also uh, say? Could. Uh, so here's the thing. So for a lot of people who only watched WWE at that time period, what a lot of people didn't know is that some of their favorite people, when they left um, the WWE, would go elsewhere and continue wrestling. So like Miss Jackie is a good example well, Trinisha is another example. She was Raka Khan on TNA, um, you know, after she got eliminated from the Diva Search. So she she went on and had um, a successful wrestling career after um, that, a, that a lot of people don't know about. Mm-hmm. Also, she was dating Kurt Angle, who um, maybe attacked her, though she withdrew it. But you know, you never you never know what's going on <laughs> in that sort of situation. But just a reminder, because there's that storyline with Queen Charmel later. Just, um, just saying. Someone was working through some shit is what you're saying? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> I mean, I'm not not saying that. Yeah. I could get into real life, but you know what we could do? Oh, Kurt Angle. <laughs> oh. Um, so Crystal Lashley um, was somebody who I just, there's one little part of her storyline that makes me um, smile, which is that she was given the name Crystal Lashley um, as after they made it that she was married to Bobby Lashley. However, they were just dating. Mm-hmm. And I just think about how awkward that had to be. Right? Like, you're dating someone and then they're like, oh, we're going to do kayfabe that you're married. And can you imagine how I'm going to cut my eyes at that man for not <laughs> proposing to me yet? <laughs> you know, like, well, hello, pressure's on now. <laughs> Just every once in a while when they announce you, you just look at your watch and look at him. Like, okay, <laughs> I see you. Mm-hmm. Lashley, mm-hmm. huh? Is that what you call me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> and now he's fake with... Uh, oh, God, now I forgot her name. Lana. Lana, Are thank you. Yeah, they're still doing that. That's still a thing. Happy Black History Month, everybody. Mm-hmm. Happy Black History Month! Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the truest dark ages, though, were really to the 2010s. Um, yeah. 
this is when wrestling got like really weird again. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Alicia Fox, I want to bring her up real fast because she's been in there for a long time and she's been putting in that work and they've done, they had her do a lot of wacky ass shit and she, bless her heart, she is still there. And every time they'd made her do some crazy wackadoo storyline, she just really committed full heartedly and I appreciate she's her. There. And I also appreciate her stupid giant hats because she really made that work. The best. Um, during the 2010s, her sister Kaylee Turner actually uh, wrestled for a bit. Um, and then she went on to become a cheerleader instead at some point. And so, you know, congrats, girl, because I'm sure that paid more and was less dangerous. <laughs> I mean, probably. Yeah. I mean, so long as you're not doing basket tosses and stuff. Yeah, definitely less dangerous. Oh, she's probably getting basket tossed. She's little. Oh. Cameron was also out around this time. We had the Funkadactyls popping off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to the Funkadactyls. And what I appreciate about that time period is when the Funkadactyls came out, I was like, I love them. and But I especially loved Naomi. And I just want to congratulate myself on having such good taste. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I you. like them too as well in the sense of, you know, like say if I were to see like Jazz or Jacqueline, I'd be like, Okay, so if I want to be a wrestler, I got to be like diesel, big, like swole as hell. You know what I mean? And it's like, is that fabulable for me? Like, you know, but it's like, or or how they'll say the dominatrix or the dancing black people. But when like the Funkadactyls came out, like, yeah, they were dancing black people, but they were doing choreographed professional dance moves, not just twerking on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I appreciate it. Like, they're, oh, these are, like, professional dancers, and they're mm-hmm. being able to display that art, too. Definitely. I absolutely agree. I've, I've mentioned that, too. It was one of the reasons why I never tried to be a wrestler when I was a kid, because what we saw at the time is what we thought was what you could be, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. like, okay, I'm not jacked like China, and I don't have enormous titties like Sable. Yeah. Not me, so. <laughs> and this belly ain't going on no <laughs> So I mean that's where that's where we stood. So you're right. It it, it is really important to to get to see. and I, you know I hate to bring up Wow all the time. I don't really hate it, but I, that's one of the things I love about Wow is that there's going to be little girls who grew up in this time period who got to see themselves no matter what they were like or what they liked, and I think that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So let's talk about the now. Yeah. And since, you know, we, we, you brought up WoW, so we might as well go directly to WoW. So, so let me list them off. I just want y'all to hear just how many black women are at WoW. The Beast, the Disciplinarian, she's also known as Ivory Robin, Keita Rush, Holiday, Eye Candy, who's also known as Willow Nightingale, Fire, who's Kiera Hogan, Siren, Nina Monet. That's like a third a of the roster. Years. I don't count. Well. Not, like, you know, I'm not presenting. <laughs> Yeah, that's like a that's a third like of the roster, or like a third of the roster. Yeah, yeah, it's like, and they they have all different spots on the card. I named women who are champions and women who are you know mid card. Like, it's it's women who are um, magical creatures, women mm-hmm. who are uh, boxers, women who are uh, just in love with themselves, women who are teachers, like pff, everything. I will say that, yeah. Cause I was looking at them like, how, how do I apply? Oh, wait, where would I go? 
Oh, girl, message me after this. Let's try to make this round. Okay, know, anyway. The, me and the disciplinarian, she was like, beat me up. Mm-hmm. The beast um, was like, oh my God, when the beast versus Kessel was going on, I was like, oh my God. Yes. Yeah, the- Absolutely. The beast looks like nobody else out there right now. No, like, I do think they yeah. have a good representation and a good percentage of diversity mm-hmm. on that show. And they let spooky, creepy people be spooky and creepy they don't like they don't yes. try to make holly dead like pretty up her, her makeup or anything like that like she's just like oh no i'm like a like a like an old school zombie don't mind me i'm just yeah. out here being all I undead know. and we literally have to tell nina she's like a teacher in her shoot job like do not bring the tarot cards to school do not bring the tarot <laughs> cards to school <laughs> I mean, you know. she's literally like reading the kids <laughs> I love Nina. She is just the best. One time I was like, oh, I have to rip your tarot card. I don't want to do it. I'll shoot. She's like, girl, I have like 80 more of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> uh-huh. um, and eye candy, the, the way eye candy is presented on WOW is that she is a sexy, confident woman. How many places would portray a woman with Willow Nightingale's body type like that? Very How many people would look at her and just immediately see that about her? Yeah, I think, you know, personally, as a tall, not skinny person, uh, she is the one that I'm like. And also, she's got great hair. I mean, she just has a great presence yeah. anyways. But she's like, everything. <laughs> she's, she's everything. So I'm, she just I'm came out and I was like, that. in there. What? Sorry. I said, I'm glad they're doing that because she is very beautiful, mm-hmm. gorgeous hair, great shape. And but in the stereotypical way, like say she wouldn't fit or something, but like. I, like people like us were like wow she's gorgeous so it's like bringing that to light like look at look at this look at this mm-hmm. look at her exactly. and she's just got a light that she carries with her I mean all of them are, are great they each bring something different to the table and I, I think that's what I really like about WoW's focus on characterization is they they could have very easily said oh no no we already have our black one right. we already yep. have our Asian one you know because that's what how you hear some it. promoters say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A real thing, y'all. Um, so anyway, so enough about WoW because there's other places we could talk about. Impact has had Kira Hogan holding it down. Um, mm-hmm. Although recently Maserati made her debut. And um, but other than that, I think Impact could do a little bit better. But there, it does that seem like she's finally putting some respect on Kira's name. Yeah, because they weren't using her for a while. But I mean, I know their women's division is small. But it's kind of like if you could have two blondes, like get it together. Mm-hmm. Like, hello. There's so many people. Yep. Shine had way more um, African American women on the roster when I thought when I first started doing it. Definitely, and it looks like are they the ones doing the tryout too? Coming yeah. up, yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, and they showed some of the people going to the tryout, and that looks like a pretty diverse group of people as well. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I would say it was definitely because we yeah we had like me at the time when I started like me, Kiara, Swole, Aja, Holiday. I feel like I'm missing like four others. We were taking <laughs> pictures for representation magazine. You don't even remember who's in the picture. But they give people opportunities back to back. And it's just because, you know, some people say, like, oh, this company, this company, that. But really, it's like everyone can get a debut. It's up to you to get the call back, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And but that's was, that, mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say so I made a tweet, like a throwaway tweet yesterday that got a little bit of heat from only one type of people. 
Um, but it wasn't a tweet that I thought would be that controversial. But what I was basically saying is that when when tryouts charge an exorbitant amount of money for you to try out, you are actually putting a barrier in front of marginalized people to come and try out. Um, I can't afford it. Exactly. And mm-hmm. if you look statistically in America, it's there is minorities. still a wage gap. Exactly. Black mm-hmm. women... It takes them 20 months to make what a white man makes in a year, right? So if we're all yeah. working the same shoot job, but I'm making less money than you, it is a lot harder for me to pay a full month's rent to come to a tryout where you're going to pick one person out of 30 people. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's uh, an extra burden on opening your doors to women of color, to trans women. Um, and so I, I really do appreciate what Shine is doing with that free tryout. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it shows in their roster and, and everywhere that's like that, where they don't charge, um, you to come to the tryouts, you do yeah. see more diversity. Yeah, that is very true. And yeah, people gain opportunities that you just got to get there mm-hmm. versus like pay and get there. But I, I, I was going to, um, say like about how, how I was saying Jacqueline and jazz, like they're so like pretty, just like really Jack, not really tall, but really Jack ladies so you thought like oh that's i need to be that only but mm-hmm. now versus so the the women on wow and shine and nxt and wwe even though the, if there is a few few higher up in the companies as you go or even aw now souls on there and brandy rhodes is the fact that it's like okay no there's not just african-american women but now there's like different kinds like you mm-hmm. might got the girl from the hood you might got the girl from the suburbs the Mm-hmm. One with a degree, the one who's just gonna fight you for no reason. Like there's just different <laughs> flavors of it. So it's like they're always been there, but now it's like we got a little more like which one are you, you know, like for little kids to like relate to. Absolutely. That's something that always makes me happy to see when when you can understand that you can have a black woman on your program and she can be from the valley, she can love uh, she could do uh, meditations and loves to yeah. go to, you know, concerts in the desert. Like black comes in every flavor. Black people yes. like all sorts of things. There are black people who like rock music. There's black people, yes. who, you know, and, and that's where I love to see the true representation. Yeah. And I think that's important for the other races to see as well, because they could just be sheltered because they ain't seen it. <laughs> right. Exactly. <clears throat> um, so another great thing. So I, interestingly enough. It's been 80 years that we've had black women wrestling, um, at least 80 years, but we're still hitting milestones, um, even even now. Um, and I know one of those milestones was Trisha Dora just won a championship. And um, oh, I don't know if they pronounce it pod or if they actually say P-A-W-D. Um, but it was a, a beautiful moment. Uh, you can check it out on Twitter if you look up P-A-W-D-W-C. Um, and they shared this picture of her belt and with everyone surrounding her and the image talked about, uh, in chess, you always protect the queen. And I just thought that was so powerful and beautiful. And you can actually watch that show for free 99. Ooh. Free 99. Anyone who doesn't understand that, that just means free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, oh, yeah, as well. I'm sorry, I forget that people might not know that it's just free, guys. Yeah, it's free. Yep, yep, yeah. it's, free. <laughs> it's free. They're gonna be like $3.99. I no, know no, they no. said three. Sometimes I say about free fitty, which is also f- just free. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
We have um, Aja, who you managed. Um, she's yeah. now the first female African-American referee at the WWE. Yes. That is amazing. So people are giving her, like, you're not the first Jacqueline did it. But it's specifically the first full-time. Right. Athlete. Yes. But that's crazy. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, whoa, it's 2020. But that is so cool, too. Right. You know what I mean? It's still, like, right. so cool. But they're like, it's 2020. <laughs> Exactly. Like it's been eighty years, but uh, but cool. Thank you for doing it. Like, <laughs> but that can only mean that it's more spots for the next women. They're gonna have to, you know, build up their women's referee scene. Mm-hmm. So there's great opportunities for a lot of women to come. I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, Alicia Taylor, who we've had on the uh, as a past guest, Alicia Warrington. She's the announcer at NXT. You know, mm-hmm. I she was yeah, one of nice. the first. Right, and she was one of the first women I saw in WWE programming with a with a fro. How she yes. felt like, you know, like yeah. Um, Brandy Rhodes, as we mentioned, her role within AEW is possibly the highest position a black woman has been in the in the top of the wrestling world. Yes, and people might say, "Oh, that's because the because her husband mm-hmm. like she's got degrees and degrees and degrees." Mm-hmm. Under her belt to be qualified for that position. It doesn't have anything to do with anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. So still breaking down barriers. So now let's talk about the WWE a bit. Yeah. Yeah. They just uh, stay Fire fucking up. Yeah. I just, <laughs> it's, it's, it makes me tired. It's just constantly the same thing. It's like you get three minutes of women's wrestling every on the three hour broadcast. Uh, I'm assuming Sasha Banks is hurt because I ain't seen her in a month. Uh, and then like, so you have, okay. So you have Sasha Banks as one of the main four people who are breaking all your first, you know, your first, uh, ladder, you know, your ladder match and your cage matches and your all this kind of stuff. And then first yeah. tag team champ. And then you just kind of kick her to the side and people are like, well, you know, they shouldn't have thrown tantrums or blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I, if I, I w- don't blame her for, being upset that the thing that she pushed for to happen, which is a tag division, you know, like for you to just strip her title two months later, because also that's literally what you do to her every time she gets a title. I was just going to say that. So my problem with Sasha is they, they act like they're really treating Sasha like she's someone strong in the company, but she's literally being used always to enhance Charlotte. You know, yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. every time they'll give her championships, sure. So I can't argue. I can't say, oh, they don't, they don't treat Sasha, uh, or they don't treat black women a certain way because someone can say, well, Naomi and Sasha both hold championships. Okay, yes, technically, sure, but they've only held them to make the other women winning look better. Yeah, and I think Naomi had her title longer than Sasha had all of her combined titles, <laughs> <laughs> which is oh. crazy. But Naomi didn't have hers for very long. No, and that's what I'm saying. One, yeah. I think the last solo uh, uh, championship Sasha had, she got at the pay per view on a Sunday and then dropped it immediately the next day. Yeah, she would always drop it the next day. That's pretty much how she rolls. Um, Alicia Fox only got an interesting storyline when she was pretending to be somebody's crazy girlfriend. Um, Naomi gets jobbed out all the time, and if and people try to argue like, oh, she's not good at promos. Okay, then give her a freaking manager. Like, it's not, you do it with guys all the time. Ayla Fox uh, is here. No, this is, is right there. No, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair, though. Having the NXT stars get to wrestle at WrestleMania is a big moment. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that's going to go. Um, 
in relation to how they use black women in wrestling, what story mm-hmm. they're going to tell with that. Yeah. I feel like it we've been mm-hmm. watching that, that little interaction with, it was Charlotte, Rhea and Bianca mm-hmm. where Charlotte kind of shushed Bianca and yeah. Bianca got so black and it was yeah. just beautiful to watch. Yeah. She, like, mm-hmm. well, uh, uh, in the background, that's so good. So good. Um, yeah. She has herself said multiple times, She's like, people keep saying she's good for how new she is, but she is amazing, period. Period. She, period. She can cut promos. She can do standing moonsaults. She looks like a million bucks. Right? She's beautiful. Like, I know. What, what more could you ask for for a star? Yeah. And I think. I know. It's crazy. Her opportunities are kind of building off of like, you know, Sasha and Naomi and everybody, but like, she is demanding just by existing that you, that she, mm-hmm. she's, t- she's like, she's taking them basically. Like, she's like, look at me. I am the EST. I am the best. I look the best. I wrestle mm-hmm. the, but like that it is, it is an undeniable force that she has created for herself. And I respect the shit out of it. Cause some people say the words, but they don't look what they're saying. So she's saying all these things, but she's been delivering mm-hmm. everything. And she's so nice. <laughs> and that black history month outfit. Mm. Oh my gosh! And she makes all that stuff herself. Yep, yep. And she braids her own hair. I found out. Yes. Layers. Wow. Talented. Good at everything. She got a ass husband. She's just doing it all right now. Winning at life. And we want to see her win WWE. Jerks. Let's see. Uh, see her win and let her keep her fucking title for more than a day, please. Thank you. I think she might be the one, guys. I hope I so. We'll see. I mean, Lord knows they're not giving Ember Moon any booking, so somebody's got to get it. Is her is her knee still jacked up? I'm not sure. Oh, um, I don't know. But even before then, they were jobbing her. Yeah, when she was totally fine, they were still jobbing her out, just like Ruby Riot. You know, like do you you have these indie stars that come in, and we know that they're capable of amazing matches, and so then we much. have to watch them in the WWE not get to do, get to do any of that yeah, or get to show yeah. any. Of them. Yeah. Me, a lot of it like, too. I would say. I mean, I don't know. You know, a lot of takes the posting and the stuff. So, like, say if they're wrestling someone who maybe didn't learn all that stuff, like how yeah. they can do, then they're limited as well. Or absolutely, you know, you can't be the new girl out wrestling the the mm-hmm. TV vet. So, yep, that's how that's how they treat it. But I'm happy Mia Yim is in NXT because it seems like she's getting to do the kind of matches that she's known for. Um, yeah. Speaking of. of- History Month, she just had to tell somebody again that she is both black and Asian. Stop trying to erase part of her race. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's weird that she has to keep saying that because she's been telling everyone for years. So it's like, hello, have you just started watching wrestling? But there could be a mild confusion in the sense of like 2018, she was still doing the like real Japanese Korean gimmick. And then now she's like, sure, but in sweatpants. Oh. But, but it's fine. But maybe that's why people. Maybe that's why they're well, confused. I don't know. And I don't. I don't want to even give them that because she literally explains. She says it all the time. Yeah, she yeah. says it. Her she family's says, on her pay, like her background. Right. It's like if, come if, on, if, do some research. Right, but like someone will literally say to her, they'll say, "You're you're not this," and she'll say, "I am. My father is black. My mom is Asian," and they'll say, "Well, you're not black." Like, that's what I'm talking. Literally, people will respond. Yeah, to her that's crazy. She's black. And they will tell her, no, you do not count as black. 
Uh, and you know, that's a topic that's really dear to my heart. Of course, being a mixed person who does not look like my race at all. I look like, mm-hmm. a Puerto Rican. um, you know, but like, yeah, for both sides, the Puerto Rican people telling me I'm lying and <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just, it's really stressful when you're like, here are the photos. Here's the proof. Can I please stop having to explain myself? And people are still like, no, yeah. <laughs> that's weird. Because it's like you're literally saying maybe you're confused. And then she says yes. And then you're like, no, it's like, wait a minute. But also, <laughs> have you just but someone did ask me when they were like, oh, but they, I think you guys advertised for the interview. They're like, oh, is Sarah Rubble half, half black? I was like, I'm not sure. Like, mm-hmm. I never asked. Right. It's not. A, it, it would be a weird question to just ask. Well, I did get asked that a lot when I moved to Cali first. But it is, in general, a very weird question to well, just ask somebody the race. So yes, I totally get what you're saying. If she wasn't saying it, then I'd be like, yes, I could easily see that. You know, there's plenty yes, of dark skin. But she's been saying it for years, yeah. right? As a mixed race black person who grew up in LA, uh, I will mm-hmm. say that generally I can look at somebody and be like, oh, you something. Cause like the literally yes. the first day I met Sarah, I was looking at her and I was like, I think she's Something. half black, but I don't want to ask her cause that's rude. Yeah. When I moved, you know, when I had my long hair, um, it was a lot easier to tell my short hair definitely makes me look white, which I wish I'd known earlier. I would have done this and applied for more jobs. <laughs> um, but like when I, when I had my long hair, sometimes people come up to me in LA at the bus stop and just be like, Hey, are you? you black or something? And I'll be like, what? Because my whole life in Virginia, no one would ever, you know, assume that I was mixed. So I think if you grow up in a city, what we were talking about ignorance earlier Mm -hmm. and and sheltered, if you grew up somewhere where you see it, then you can recognize it. But if not, you don't like some people put a whole other race on people. If they've never seen a Filipino person, they're like, you're Mexican. And then you're like, no, that literally (laughs) happened to my friend's sister when she lived in the South. So, yeah. She's like Filipino and they're like Mexican. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, that is crazy. Black comes in all different shades. And when yes. once you're whatever to black, white, Mexican, and Dominican, that's what you are. Being half of something doesn't make you not it. Yeah. Right. That's what's crazy. I still still see people saying about Dwayne and uh, The Rock Johnson and Sasha. Oh, but do they claim it? Like, it's none of your business, first of all. Second of all, just assume that they do because yes they do but uh yeah exactly you know it, it's just so weird that other people think they can decide what what people are and what people aren't yeah but I mean, taking us back to to where we were with with black women and wrestling i think like you guys are saying i, I do want to believe with you that bianca will kind of be the change and um i hope people will take the time to go and research some of the stuff that we mentioned on here mm-hmm. thank you guys for dropping that knowledge oh. Chris, we're, thank we're, you for being on our show. Um, speaking of dropping knowledge, what? can you tell some uh, where maybe where they can find you or, or if you have another show coming up or if they want to follow you on social media, drop all your stuff for us. Um, on the Twitter at Ayla the Fox, um, A-Y-L-A-T-H-E-F-O-X. And then Instagram is the same thing, but just underscore at the end. Um, I have shows coming up. On the 29th in New York at the Boom, we have Shine 65 and followed by Evolve 145. Those tickets are on etix.com. Also, you could just buy tickets at the door. And then Evolve 146 is in Boston, where the crowd is lit. Ooh. It's my birthday weekend, so hey. I'm turning up after the shows afterwards. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, 
yeah, those are the shows coming up. And I think, you know, CZW is going to be like March 21st. And I got a show in South Carolina on the 6th and 7th. I think Pro South, New South, Dump Sanders show. Check it out. Not sure exactly the dates, but. But she'll be there. Yes, thank you, If anybody's hearing this and they want to be a professional wrestler, ring announcer, commentator, referee, you can join the WWA4 Pro Wrestling School by applying at WWA4ATL.com. Hey. Mm, mm, Look at that promotion. Getting it in. Peace up, A-Town. Should be on radio. Yeah. (laughs) I am from San Diego, so I know about that. Oh, hey. Yeah, I gotta yeah. go. Some California burritos, stuff some fries in there, make yeah, it that much the, better. Yeah, I'm the Valley girl. I'm the I'm the Valley boss babe, <laughs> African American representation here. Yeah, yes. I love to see it. All right, Tamara, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and occasionally on Instagram at Misfits Tamara. And I'm Sarah the Rebel everywhere. Sarah's an H. Please check out my Patreon. We got some cool stuff popping off over there. Um, and also, again. Feel free to donate to us on Kofi.com slash Sarah the Rebel to help pay for some of the things to keep the podcast rolling. Shout out to allgames.com, our parent site. You can find us on Twitter at Women Wrestling F. And promote the heck out of us if you like what you heard. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Happy Black History Month. Uh, go be nice to black people. Every day. Happy Black History Month. Black Don't lock your doors when black people walk by your car. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See you next time. Bye. Bye.